Welcome to Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Each week, Brian will present a Christ-centered teaching to increase your passion for the Godhead. It is our hope that this podcast will be a burning lamp that leads you on a path to encounter God's unquenchable love for you. And now our host, Brian Francis Hume. Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Father, we thank you for this unquenchable love episode. Father, we're asking for the power of your spirit to bring forth conviction of the heart of each listener. Father, we welcome the precious ministry of the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so, Father, we desire to walk in freedom. We desire that our soul is free of offense, free of bitterness, free of anything that would keep us ensnared to the ways of this world. And we ask you to help us in this moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to take you back to December 19, 2014. I walked into the office of David Brashaw. He was the founder of Awaken the Dawn. And when I walked into his office, I slapped down $444. As David later said, anytime you have somebody that comes in, slap $444 on your desk, you know it's going to be a good day. And as I stood there, I prophesied the word of the Lord over David. I said, 444 days from now, God's going to launch you, thrust you into a new assignment that would touch this nation. And I went on to tell him that God would begin to speak to him and within his community through the number 444. Needless to say, that word came to bear much fruit. The work of the Holy Spirit was evident in the days and weeks and months and years to come. A part of the culmination of that word came forth on the National Mall as we gathered together with 58 tents. And with 50 of those tents representing all 50 states, we came together with unadulterated worship in our hearts unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It was a beautiful 72 hours of unceasing, unadulterated worship. Now, going back to December 19, 2014, interestingly enough, 106 days after that moment was April 4th. It was 4-4. 
And on that particular day, I noticed on my phone, David had posted a anointed post on Facebook. And he shared a thought that I thought was absolutely profound. So I liked it. But in that moment, what I noticed, not only was the date 4-4, but I also noticed that David had posted it at 4.44 p.m. And then I noticed that there were four comments on there. And then I noticed that I was the 44th person to like it. And so I knew immediately that this post, this thought that David shared had direct implications for this unfolding of this 444 assignment. The Lord has spoken over his life, and this is precisely what he wrote in this post. He said, one of life's most greatest challenges is to live with an unoffendable heart. Wow. Let me say that one more time. One of life's greatest challenges is to live with an unoffendable heart. That, my friend, is absolutely spot on. And that is essentially what we need to pursue if we're talking about the glory of God. If we're talking about walking in the fullness of all that God has for our lives. We're talking about being wholehearted seekers after God. We absolutely must have an unoffendable heart. I'm blown away at times when I see fellow believers who are offended (laughs) by the most pathetic issues. (laughs) I don't know else to say it, but God is calling us to deal with the heart and to allow him to purify the heart so that we can stand before him as those who have an unoffendable heart. I shared this message just recently at Christ for the Nation Institute in Dallas, Texas. I was given an opportunity during the chapel service to have a few minutes to share this word. And the context that morning during worship was 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from my wicked ways, then I will forgive them of their sins and heal their land. And so that morning, I shared this very message on possessing an unoffendable heart. And you might be wondering, what is the connection? And what I felt in that moment for that given body of believers is this, that the first step that God lays out for you and I is to humble ourselves before him. And so that invitation to humble ourselves before him, to seek his face, to pray, and to turn from our wicked ways requires that we address the root of offense within the heart. Now, when I think of humility, when I think of one who is humble, I think of two verses, James chapter 4 verse 6 and 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 5. Both James and Peter are quoting Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Let me say that one more time. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You see, humility is absolutely essential in the eyes of God. He is looking for pliable hearts that will be fashioned into the very image of Christ in all facets of our lives. But yet, when offense is lurking within the soul of a man or a woman, pride is there. 
You see, offense resists God. It resists his ways. It resists his thoughts. It resists his tenderness. It resists his heart towards us. Now, in that verse, it said that God resists the proud. Why does God resist the proud? It's because pride in the heart of a man or a woman resists God. So we are reaping what we're sowing. We're sowing this hardened, calloused soul that is refusing to bow before the Lord Jesus Christ. And you might be saying, well, you know, I'm a believer. I've surrendered my life to Christ. But yet there are areas within your soul where offense slithers. And because of that, there, God is resisting you. I know that's a hard word, but that is the reality of it. When we allow offense to take root, when we allow bitterness to take root, when we allow unforgiveness to take root within our soul, we're walking in a dangerous territory. I want to take you back to the verse that I mentioned in the opening of this podcast. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, we see very clearly here that after the fall of Adam and Eve, God first speaks to the serpent, the devil. And what does he say to him? He said, you're cursed above all livestock and beast and that you shall crawl on your belly. And then he goes on to say something quite insightful. He said that you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And so what's interesting in that context, and, and I must give credit to Francis Frangipane, the author of The Three Battleground, for this insight. But Francis Frangipane says that wherever carnality exists in our lives, it gives permission for the serpent to slither. I'm paraphrasing what I had read that Francis Frangipane wrote, but that's the reality. When offense, when unforgiveness, when bitterness has been evident in our lives, there is pride. And wherever pride exists, there's carnality. And Satan, the serpent, has permission to slither wherever there is carnality. And so wherever the deeds of darkness is done within our flesh, and keep in mind, we were created by God, according to Genesis 2-7, he created us from the dust of the ground. And so whenever we are carnal-minded, whenever we permitted offense, unforgiveness, bitterness to have root within our soul, trust me, there the serpent is given permission to slither as he sees fit. So that those places of offense and bitterness and unforgiveness are places of deception. Remember Adam and Eve. They said the serpent deceived us. And so deception is the place where the enemy has been given permission to slither. So that's why it's absolutely essential that you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and cry out for mercy. You must cry out because you think you're right. Offense, unforgiveness, bitterness. We're so convinced that we are right, but yet we're blind and the serpent is slithering undetected within your soul. So we must repent. We must cry out to God in a place of humility. Recognize we cannot see as he sees. We have to cry out in a place of desperation. Say, Father, remove the blinders that I may see as you see. God, help me to repent of this sin. God, help me. Show me the offense within the heart of God, within my soul. God, show me where there's unforgiveness. Father, show me where there's bitterness that has defiled my soul. 
And I believe God in his mercy loves to respond to that desperate cry. He loves to step in to allow us to repent. Oh, yes. He loves to allow us to come in humility before him, crying out to him. He loves to come into that place in order to enable you and I to confess our sin of permitting offense to have a root within our hearts. He loves to come in and help us see from his vantage point, to help us see through his eyes of purity that we may possess an unoffendable heart. Is there an offense in your heart, within your soul, that the Holy Spirit's highlighting to you today? Is there unforgiveness that has caused parts of your soul to be calloused before the Father? Is there bitterness that has defiled the fertile soil of your soul today that can change instantaneously? Today, that can change as you humble yourself before the Lord under his mighty hand. As you humble yourself and cry out in a place of desperation before the Father, that can change as you set your eyes on Jesus and say, Father, help me to see as you see the situation at hand. I have a friend, Pastor Corey, and he shared a story recently that I heard that I thought was an excellent illustration for this moment. He shared how when his firstborn was 11 months, his wife was quite concerned because he wasn't crawling nor walking. And all he could do at that point was roll. I guess you could say he was a holy roller. But Pastor Corey jokingly shares how sometimes he'd be stuck under the couch, get he'd rolled right under the couch. Oh, there he is, stuck under the couch. And they'd have to retrieve him, get him out, get him unstuck. What's interesting is they took him to an eye doctor, and the eye doctor said that he was farsighted. I mean, he could only see things further away, but his vision within close proximity was lacking. And so he prescribed glasses for him, and within two weeks, not only was their little 11-month-old boy crawling, but he started walking because he could now see clearly everything within his reach, everything within his proximity he could see. You see, offense keeps us rolling around on the ground. Unforgiveness keeps us from maturing in the things of God. Bitterness keeps us low in the dust. And so the scripture says in 1 John 2, 6, to walk as Jesus walked. Let me tell you, we're not to crawl, or I should say, we're not to roll as Jesus rolled. No. We're not to crawl as Jesus crawled. No, we're to walk as Jesus walked. We're to mature in the things of God and to walk out our calling before him. And so the call to humble ourselves before him allows us to see properly and to repent of the offense, the unforgiveness, and the bitterness. It allows us to address the slithering serpent within our soul to remove the access point, to remove any permission that the enemy has to slither about within the carnality of our life. We close that door once and for all through repentance as we humble ourselves before the Father. 
So today, what do you need to repent of? What do you need to cry out to God for in terms of the offense or the unforgiveness within your soul? What is it that the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you in this very moment? My friend, please do not allow the slithering serpent to have access to your soul anymore because you refuse to allow his invitation to address the offense or the unforgiveness or the bitterness within your soul. This moment, this day, the Father graciously extends forgiveness to you and I to address this root within your soul. Who do you need to forgive? What offense do you need to deal with? What bitterness do you need to uproot today? You see, you have been given authority. If you are a born-again believer, if you are a son or daughter of God, you have been given authority through Christ. The moment you humble yourself before him and repent, that authority is within your reach to exercise and to put your head That authority that you have been entrusted with, that authority that the Father has given to you, allows you to put your foot down on the head of that serpent and to say, no more offense will be permitted in my soul. No more unforgiveness will be permitted to slither and no more bitterness will be allowed to defile my soul. So Father, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for this moment. Thank you, Father, for the work that you're doing in each and every single one of us. We thank you for the invitation to humble ourselves under your mighty hand that we may walk with an unoffendable heart. That, Father, we may walk as Jesus walked. That we may walk with no offense, with no unforgiveness, with no bitterness lurking within the soul. Thank you, Father. We're so grateful, so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been Unquenchable Love with Brian Francis Hume. Join us each week as we pursue God's heart for passion, purity, and prayer.